Howdy ho, Hellraisers. It's me, your mans, Adam Pecora. How the hell are you? Trying to cram as many H's as I can into the beginning of the podcast. This is Requiem for a Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> we got a big one today. I uh, watched some things and we're doing a short one. So it's both big and small at the same time. I'm the master of irony. Let me do my plugs and then we'll just dive right into things, shall we? Okay. Please, please, pretty please, cherry on top. Rate, review, subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever. Anywhere, you name it. Google? Who listens to podcasts on Google Podcasts? That's all I got to say. Or anything other than Apple or Spotify. Now, if you're in a foreign country, I don't know what the deal is there. Things are weird over there. You know? I don't really understand how all that stuff works. So I can't quite make fun of you. But uh, if you're in the U.S. and you're like, oh, come on. Like right now you're hearing this. You're like, no, bro. Google Podcast rips. Maybe it does. But come on. You know? Do you use Apple Maps also? What are we doing? Uh, <laughs> subscribe, do all those things, you know, be nice, hook your boy up, five-star it, do your thing. Uh, YouTube, whatever, sure, do it all. <laughs> Listen to the music, Multiplex, Wolf X, if you like electronic-based music. <laughs> we got it. Go check those out. Uh, Microwave Minutes, Justice's show, still going strong. Follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat and check out the merch at rfat.bigcartel.com. Everything is linked in the description below on any and all platforms, so enjoy that. Let's get on with the show, shall we? All right, so first things first. The nitty gritty. I talked about this a couple weeks ago uh, when I went through the Oscars and, you know, made picks and la-di-da-di-da. Drive My Car came out on HBO at this point uh, pretty much two weeks ago, which checks out as to why I didn't talk about it last week. But I also did not finish it in time. It is a long film. Now... I feel like I've made this clear plenty of times. I'm not a, I'm not one of those, oh, that's a long movie, I'm out type of guys. But the length of a movie has to be justified by what's in it, by how it goes, you know? Like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could have been another hour longer. I would have loved it. That is a great film. Uh, there Will Be Blood, perfect length, shouldn't be any shorter probably shouldn't be any longer you know we got everything we need in there now you know you can make a movie that's fucking six and a half hours long it doesn't mean that it should be just because it is so you know the runtime of drive my car my point is is gonna deter some of you less intelligent people <laughs> um but it's a great movie now is it great 
to the level I anticipated, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to get into why. So I guess there's spoilers in here. I don't think really anything in this movie has spoilers. Like, I read through the plot on Wikipedia before. Like, front to back, the whole thing. Just to make sure that it's even something that's worth my time. You know, like, of my interest. Not like, oh, this movie might be dog shit because of the plot. Like, clearly the acclaim is in its place for a reason. Uh, So let's just get right into it. Basically, so this is a Japanese film. It's based on a Murakami thing. I don't think I've ever read any of his stuff. And that's fine. I don't think you need to. From what I gather, uh, the movie is not necessarily like... It comes from a short story, so it's not like a direct, you know, interpretation or whatever. They took a lot of pieces... Uh, from other stories in the short story collection, maybe just his works in general, whatever. Um, but I mean, if you think about like Shawshank Redemption, that came from a Stephen King short story, and it's got to be the best movie of any of the adaptations of his. You could argue The Shining, sure, but you get my point. Uh, good things can come from that, so it's not like if anything, a short adapting a short story gives you way more wiggle room because you have to fill the time. Now you're like strapped whereas you know you're making a 700 page book into a 200 page movie at you know that's not going to happen and if your movie's 200 pages it's probably way too long as it is so that's (laughs) things are going to get cut anyway it's the story of a japanese theater writer he's like well he's a theater director not writer and actor Uh, He lives with his wife. They live in a seemingly very nice home. She is a screenwriter who gets inspired by sex. And basically they talk the stories out to each other, blah, blah, blah. There's like a 45 minute intro to this movie. And this is not a complaint here. I think all of it works very well. Um, This movie, because of that, this movie also works well to like watch episodically which I ultimately did. I basically watched it one hour at a time. Um, The first hour I watched, then waited a couple days, and then like the second two hours, I just kind of split up over one day. Does not really affect things, which is, you know, you could argue that that's a bad thing. Uh, Basically, this guy loves his old Saab car, and, well... One day he comes home uh, because a flight got canceled, I believe, due to weather. And his wife is fucking a little boy in there. Now, this Jap cuck doesn't do shit. (laughs) Uh, Which, you know, seems to fit into what we know about their culture. Anyway, he then leaves... uh, Never mentions it. Things kind of go on and on as they normally would. And then one day she's like, we got to talk. He's like, well, I know what that talks about because you don't know that I know what you know. He comes back. She's dead, which, okay, (laughs) you know, 
Like, come on, guys. Uh, and then it just, like, it jumps to him, like, trying to do... So, this whole movie is based around, like, the play Uncle Vanya, which is, like, some old Russian bullshit that nobody cares about. <laughs> now I say that laughing because, obviously, a ton of people care about it and whatever, but I don't... So, doesn't interest me. Now, he goes and tries to do his performance. Now, of course, all of the performances, or all the dialogue in the show correlates very strongly with what he's going through so he breaks down and cries boom fast forward two years later he gets invited to direct the same play which this guy only does one play i don't really understand that but he's doing the same play two years later in hiroshima or hiroshima uh you know if you're annoying uh <laughs> and so earlier in the movie, at one point, they established that the dude has glaucoma. So then when he gets there, they're like, oh, no, no, you can't drive. We've assigned you a driver. And he's like, well, I st- I'm staying at a hotel far away so I could drive to learn the lines because that's how I do it, which is all which is all established in the movie, whatever. And the theater people are just like, well, one of the directors one time a long time ago got in an accident. So we provide drivers and it's like. That's not a justifiable reason at all. And then I read what happens in the actual story. They're like, oh, you have glaucoma and you got a DUI, which they also could have easily penciled in there because his wife died. Would have been believable that he got a DUI. My point there is just those are both, even if one was just an option, they're both better reasons for why there needs to be a driver. So just feel like that excuse was pretty lazy and shitty. Uh, but everybody in the movie, the performances are all fantastic. The cinematography is unbelievable throughout this. And the score is fucking lights out. A lot of like classical pieces, but they're all juxtaposed with the scenery very well. And everything looks great. The shots are unbelievable. Now, what I really think this movie suffers from is these fucking rehearsal scenes. They go through them doing the play and maybe like 45 to an hour total in the movie is them like just reciting lines from this play, which why are we doing this? I don't understand this. I know that a lot of Japanese movies have really crazy run times. I feel like that was just like part of it that there was just like, we don't edit like that here. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of creative control there. I don't really understand uh, but I think it weighs down the movie. It derails all the actual things that matter about what's happening because ultimately nothing culminates from the rehearsals at all. They don't factor into what happens to the main character of the movie in any way or any of the others for that matter. They're really just entirely useless and I don't find them entertaining. And they fucking they cast a girl who is deaf, which is fine, but she has to do all her lines in sign language. Which is fine, except that I have to watch her do all of her rehearsals in sign language. Which I already don't want to be watching, but now there's even less happening. And I just I just don't understand it. So, that's my big red flag for the whole thing. Uh, but the director decides to cast the boy who his wife was banging, but he don't know that he know he know as we established. Uh, and the dude's like a wild card. Can't handle fame. Uh, they reveal he had gotten in a little bit of true play 
for diddling a little girl. Not that explicitly, but you get my point. Anyway, and they show that he has propensity to fight people who take pictures of him. Whatever. Uh, they don't have crews in Japan? Like, how'd you not learn? How did nobody learn this in Japan? Oh, you're famous? You roll deep. You never do the crime. Come on. They need to get hip-hop over there so they can learn how that works. You don't hold the gun. Your boy holds the gun. Pretty basic information. Come on. Uh, so he beats the guy. He beats one of the guys to death. And then one day they're at rehearsal and the cops show up. And this was the most absurd part of the movie to me. And it might not even be that absurd. It's just like this is America. And if this was in an American movie set in America, this would be the least viable thing of all time. The cops walk in and they're like, hello, are you this man? Or they're like, we're looking for this guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm here. And they're like, come with us. He's like, we could talk here. It's like, okay. So this guy's talking from the stage to the cops who are like in the seats or whatever. And they're like, you beat a man. And he died. And he's like, yes, I did do that. And okay. (laughs) And they're like, you need to come with us. And he's like, can I change my clothes? And they're like, yes, of course. (laughs) And then... Everybody just walks calmly together. You know that motherfucker. They'd be busting in the goddamn door. They would sprint onto that stage and they would just tackle that motherfucker down and take him out. It was just so funny to me that it was all just like a very calm, like, did you commit a crime, sir? And he's like, I did commit that crime. And they're like, we are the police. And he's like, yes, you are. (laughs) He's like, you're going to go to jail. And it's like... Yes, sir. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, that was really easy. (laughs) I found that to be very funny. Um, And then, so basically, the whole main thing, though, is that the guy, the director, the main character, and his driver, who's like a young woman, they slowly bond over time, and then they, like, reveal their traumas to each other. And then that's pretty much it. Uh, The movie is about grieving, effectively uh but it's told at a very slow leisurely pace and again just beautifully shot great score and thoroughly entertaining the whole thing was well acted all that everything in there again i just if there was an edit of this where the rehearsals were cut 75 to 90 percent then i think this movie would be perfect and like a masterpiece and would probably deserve the Oscar for Best Picture. After seeing it now, I don't think it has a chance to win it. It deserves something, some recognition in some way, somewhere. Um, But it is way too long, and I don't know if that's a common critique. I feel like you're not allowed to say anything bad about anything that's not made by white people. So... Don't come at me again. Love the movie. Again, like with the Parasite thing. Everybody's like, oh, this is so clearly one of the best movies ever. It's like, is it? To who? Pretty standard. Like, it was good. You know? But, (laughs) like, I don't know. It's like I went in expecting this, like, big profound thing. And it was like, oh, that was a really good, well-made movie. Enjoyed it. So that's kind of what happened here. Give it, like, an 8.2 was my rating. I was going to say 8.5. But man, those scenes were just brutal. But without all that extra shit, like if this movie was two and a half hours, 
maybe a little more, maybe a little less, whatever. But like right in that range versus three, I think we're talking about like an, a legendary film here. But alas, what can you do? So we're going to pivot now to a much less serious film <laughs> with much less acclaim, but a lot more eyeballs on it. I didn't expect to watch this uh, free guy starring Ryan Reynolds. You may know him as the same guy in every movie he's ever been in, but uh I didn't know what this was, you know, you hear, oh, it's making all this money, it's big on HBO, blah, 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 people are watching, okay, whatever. Uh, I just decided, alright, let's just see what this is. So I look into the premise, it's set within a video game that an NPC gains sentience and blah, 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 and like, decides to become the main character in his own thing. Now, the premise, interesting. The execution, not great, but the movie's still very entertaining, so it all kind of works out. Uh, But the potential of this movie is through the roof, and they squandered all of it, but that's fine because it was still enjoyable. It could have just gone off the rails and been a complete piece of shit. Could have been, like, pixels or something like that. Not that it's, like, like that, but you get what I'm saying. Um, so this movie is just like a ripoff of like nine ideas all fused into one, like very loosely. (laughs) So it's actually none of them, but it's like a little bit of they live. It's like a little bit of the Truman show. It's like a little bit of fucking ready player one. And like, I don't know. Like GTA. It's like as if Grand Theft Auto was a real game. Basically, the game is GTA Online. If that helps. And this guy is just like one of the characters in the game. And one day he just like sees one of the playable characters and... It like triggers something in him and he goes outside of his NPC role duties and the whole thing sets off from there. But (laughs) it's just like, okay, so the thing is like anybody who has sunglasses on is a playable character in this game. Now they all think that they're living in a world and those people are just like people with powers or something. But... They explain the whole thing as, like, the game was stolen from these other people and they originally wrote it as, like, a game where the characters would learn and it was supposed to be, like, an AI-centric game, but they just, like, stole the base of it and put all the all the core chunks and quality into this and then turned it into GTA. Um, and so they had programmed these characters to learn. This guy starts learning and things go off the rails. But right at the beginning... When he first does that, they're like, oh, we have to stop this guy because it's like a bug. So they try to fix it. And he's like, well, I'm going to be the action star guy now. And so right away, that's the thing. But then he's able to escape them trying to like delete him or whatever. 
but then they just give up because he gets away and then he like becomes a good guy out of nowhere because he's trying to impress the girl but then that changes into something like they just don't keep any of the story the plot just keeps shifting into like what the goal is until they end up at the point they want to but like nothing in the early parts ever gets resolved at all it just kind of keeps moving on uh like the goalposts keep moving basically and the other thing is like he's just talking to this girl she thinks that she's talking to another player who hacked the game to look like an npc walking around which is like not a thing right um and they like very quickly like fall in love which like makes sense for the character because he's just like a fake thing but this chick's like a real chick and she just talks to this dude like four times online for like brief amounts of time and like definitely gets into this guy, which is insane and doesn't need to be written in. But the whole point is that her she also happens to be the original developer of the game with another guy who's the pretty boy from Stranger Things. And that guy still works for the game. The girl is suing the game. Because, as mentioned, they stole the idea. Um, so she's trying to like get help from the dude on the inside, but he's like, I just want a job because I'm a little bitch. You know, where she's like trying to make shit happen and like, you know, take what's hers. Uh, so then she eventually like connects with the dude, the pretty boy, and... They're like, oh, well, now we have to, like, find... Now we have proof that, like, our code is actually in the game. Like, so we got to save the free guy. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, well, now here's a new pivot. And they're like, well, they're going to destroy the game in two days. And it's like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but okay, sure, we'll pretend that this is going to go like this. And... Anyway, the whole long convoluted thing is just that, like, the the pretty boy dude happened to create the free guy guy because he's in love with the chick and, like, embedded all of her things into him. Like, oh, she drinks the same coffee every day, so that's the coffee that guy gets. But it's like, you embedded your love for this chick into the banker in your massive game. Like... Either way, it would be in such a grander fashion. And how is this the first time she noticed? And how was the way she noticed by falling in love with the character before you? Like, just not all of it is so silly. And they just, like, needed to have a romantic thing happen at the end. But it's like, we don't care about these characters. And none of them are, like, they're not even really interacting. The first time he goes into her house, he's like, get the fuck out of my house. Or she goes into his, my bad. Um... He's like, get the fuck out of my house. It's like, what are we doing here? But they're in love. Like, all of it is nonsense. And, like, uh, Free Guy has a best friend who's in the game. And he's like, put these glasses on. And he's like, I'm not putting the glasses on. And he's just like, oh, okay. And then that's it. And then he just moves on. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I'm going to get to level 100. And then he just does because they gave up looking for him. I guess. Like, that's the part where it really didn't make any sense because they were just looking for him and then he got away and then they just gave up. And then by the time he leveled up a bunch, he was viral. So they're like, don't delete him. 
But then they realize that, like, he's going to uncover the code that they're hiding. So they're like, oh, my God, we got to delete everything. And it's just it just never is on the same page with itself. You know? Um, And then I don't know. <laughs> it's just like it was fun. But it's like if you think about it, no longer fun. Just a big dump. <laughs> so... That's my free guy thing. Basically, if you want to have fun in two hours, watch free guy. If you want to watch something that's artistically merited in three hours, watch drive my car. So there's your HBO Max update for this week, ladies and germs. Um, well, we could throw winning time on there, too. The new show about the Showtime Lakers can't be called Showtime because it's on HBO, which is fun. I think they should have called it The Lake Show, if anything. I don't like the name Winning Time for it, especially because Winning Time is the name of the Reggie Miller 30 for 30, a very underrated 30 for 30. That one's very good, and it's also a lot of fun. And I'm a big Reggie Miller guy. But anyway, that's the name of that. So you're like, you can't call it Showtime, but I'll call it something else that's already taken. Come on now. Um, I like it. Let's say that it is very Adam McKay, especially the first episode. Like there was no doubt that he did it. A lot of fourth wall breaking stuff like that, which didn't happen in the second episode nearly as much. Kind of a bummer. It's like the first episode was filmed like a movie. And then the second one was filmed like an episode of TV. Kind of. It didn't have any of the style really, but I don't know. We're only two episodes in. Um, uh, here's the thing. It's hard to say how accurate any of this is. I don't know what any of these people were like. Jerry West is a complete lunatic in this show. Don't know if he was that crazy or crazy at all. I don't really, you know, I don't know what Jerry Buss was like. I don't know how to gauge that. The guy who plays magic is crushing because we all still know magic. He's crushing puss in there too, which adds up. They're just waiting for him to get HIV in this show. They're sprinkling it in already, episode one. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun. The first episode especially was a ton of fun. It seems like it's only going to get better. Uh, this show, I think, is hurt by its weekly gaps, which is rare because typically I am a fan of that. Um. I don't know. I think maybe the fact that it has like a historical element to it. It's like, well, let me just watch all this at once. I'm not really sure. Maybe it's the cinematic nature of how they present it. Uh, but I think that this show would be better to be watched together because like it's not a thing where it's like, oh, I don't know what's going to come next. It's like, no, we do. We just want to watch you retell the Lakers story. Now, maybe there's some inside stuff. It's probably based on a book, you know, like things like that. But I don't know. I'd like to watch it all, please. I'd like to watch it all, please. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that show's also very good so far. So HBO has just been on an unbelievable tear, you know, basically for its existence. But <laughs> Max also has just been crushing lately. Uh been trying to tell everybody you know why the fuck are you on netflix basically because you think you're supposed to be i i don't know i don't find anything that i enjoy on there really anymore especially when when they started to push for original shit and all of their original shit was mediocre it's like why is this your goal 
<laughs> the things you were licensing were of much higher quality. HBO is doing the opposite. They're licensing things that aren't good enough to be on HBO, and then they're still just making HBO shows. It's a much better model. And they still they have way better movie access because they're still tied to Warner Brothers and all that shit. So, I don't know. Just repping HBO. What can I say? Um, I'll close with a brief non-specific sports corner segment here. Um, first of all, Tom Brady is coming back. That's incredible. The note of that that I have is that I saw it on Instagram like the second I pulled it up and it was there like right away instantly. And it's just it, it kind of shows how useless news outlets are. Like for things like that specifically because like, oh, he posted it. So it's true. But then the stories didn't come out until like 10 minutes later. And then they all just said, look at this post. And it's like, well. You're kind of just being a middleman here. I didn't need to do this. So that was interesting. Two, free agency's going crazy so far. Not a whole lot to comment on. The Bears are doing the right stuff. They're emptying cap space. Don't know if they're getting enough back in between. That's fine. Uh, hopefully they're making all the right moves there. I'm liking it so far. It's at least what is necessary, not necessarily what is great for short-term success. Two... Um, I don't know why I just said two. I'm not numbering things here. Another thing, Kyrie <laughs> Kyrie Irving ended up being correct because now it's like, why aren't you letting him play? He's able to go in the stadium. None of this even makes any sense. Uh, so that's just interesting. Kyrie Irving still is very low in terms of approval rating in my book, but he is right currently, was not before. Time changes things. But that's very interesting. I am sure that there will be a ton of free agency stuff in the next episode. Uh, seeing as how nobody can actually sign anybody until Wednesday. So it'll start to get a lot crazier as this week goes on. And I'm excited to see what happens. Go Bears. Love you all. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week. But don't forget. fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.